My name is Mark Solomon, and this is Never Was. Never was from Bremerton, Bremerton, Washington. Oh yeah, the Pacific Northwest. Rain, clean air, mountains, a ferry over the Puget Sound from the city of Seattle to an island called Bremerton. That's right. Never was as my guests this week are MXPX. Famously from Bremerton, Washington. We're not just talking about MXPX this week, though. We're talking about legit history, okay? <laughs> Brace yourselves. 25 years this band has been around. 25 years. A quarter of a century. Nope. You're not old. You're not old. Don't worry about it. It's fine. That's right. The kids known for, uh, the kids, they're 40. <laughs> Skateboards and pixie cuts, you know, are now being uh, celebrated on the side of a beer can for being around for 25 years. I think that is amazing. Here's the thing. MXPX are an iconic band. At this point, it is not up for debate, you know. Not just staying power. We're talking about great songs, okay? Great songs, a great logo. Hello, poking at your punk creator, John Nissen. Look, for all the promise that this artist or that artist showed over the years, MXPX actually delivered and has been doing so for two and a half decades. Take all the tooth and nail bands, lump them together. I think you'd still have a difficult time arguing that the fellows from Bremerton, Washington aren't still the gold standard for very least what could have been it is weird just saying that there are of course a lot of juicy stories available here okay salacious backroom dramas i'm sure a journalist and i'm using air quotes as i say that stories from which i'm sure a legitimate journalist would be digging but i'm not a journalist i don't really care i'm just a singer in a band who wanted to catch up with his old tour buddies and uh that's what we're going to do for the next two episodes of Never Was. Over two hours of catching up with the original friends of Stavesacre. Catch up, reflect, maybe share a few laughs. You know, it's strange. Just sorting out this first half of these conversations made me legitimately nostalgic. Like the melancholy, did that really happen? Kind of nostalgic, you know? I made the mistake of going back and watching some old videos. Wow. <laughs> you watch Wrecking Hotel Rooms and you will see so many faces from the past. It, it's shocking. You might even catch a little snippet of Stavesacre in there, although we're not, we're not really, we're not super photogenic. <laughs> anyway. So much has changed, but I, I'll tell you what. And this is something I don't think many of MXPX critics were prepared for. Uh, 
What hasn't changed over all this time is that the band wrote some freaking great songs, okay? It's easy to joke about skateboards and girls with pixie cuts. Uh, Paging Dolores O'Riordan. Uh, whatever. It's always been about the songs, okay? And man, could they write and play. When you see them live, you know there's a reason why people believe those songs. Make no mistake about it, MXPX are icons, okay? They are the reasons, or the reason, I don't know which is more appropriate. They're a reason that uh, a lot of tooth and nail bands you know and love ever had a chance. Did they do it alone? No, of course not. There were a lot of people working hard to make sure the band got out there and got heard and had opportunities, but they were a crucial cog in the machine that made everything else go, all right? So on behalf of myself and of the many bands who reaped a little wind in our sails when otherwise there'd have been none, thanks. Thanks, fellas. I kind of think that's all that needs saying. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy part one of my conversation with MXPX. But first. Before I go, one more moment. I have to say another thank you. Thank you to those of you who supported Never Was Podcast in the past, and a very special thanks to those who've continued to support this podcast. I, I sincerely appreciate both of you, all of you. Everything you guys have given to help me keep this going, I thank you for it. Uh, especially over these quiet months, I don't take it for granted. I know a buck or two is still a buck or two. Look, I have a job job that pays my bills. This show is its own thing. And I promise you that one day, one day soon, the dollar or two a month that so many of you have contributed will deliver a legit place, a legit situation in which to record these shows uninterrupted. Okay. And uh, I just wanted you to know if you've ever clicked that Patreon link in the past, or if you continue clicking it in the future, thanks again. And Hey, look, everybody, look who's back. Ladies and gentlemen, American Dance Party is back. If you like original, one-of-a-kind clothing, hand-sewn, sweatshop-free, please click the link in our show page notes for American Dance Party. And to Marco and Dober, thanks, fellas. You guys rule. Also, Alex Roschetti, my man. Thank you, my brother. You guys know what I'm talking about. I appreciate it. Okay, regarding Stavesacre, yes, can't forget. Uh, while I haven't been kicking out a lot of shows, obviously, uh, I haven't been idle, okay? It's not like I've been doing nothing. Uh, I had to deliver on something slightly more pressing as it happens. That's right. The new crowdfunded Stavesacre album is complete. And I kind of love it. I kind of love it. As an added bonus to all of you who kind of stuck with me during this time, I will be debuting a song from that album on the second portion of this MXPX podcast. So be sure to, to stay tuned. In addition to that, once, you know, once the release date is set, uh, which uh, honestly I'm looking into summer, uh, me and the boys will be hanging out right here on uh, Never Was. We'll do a little show with everybody and we will definitely 
Uh, be previewing some of that record. We're going to talk about 1995, the first new Stasiaker material in almost a decade. 100% thanks to you and Mike Lewis. Okay, this officially feels like an awards show, and I've said thank you like 500 times, so I'll do it one more time. Thank you to all of you who've continued to support the podcast in the lean months. Please enjoy part one of MXPX, and we will see you on the flip side. I'm doing pretty good. Gosh, it's a, a, a lifetime to catch up with for sure. Yeah, well, let's, uh, let's just go ahead and wrap up 20 years and 45 minutes. Okay? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing well. I've been, you know, I'm still in Bremerton. Okay. And I got a job at the shipyard here in Bremerton seven and a half years ago. Okay, so are you working with Tom? Uh, we work at the same place, but I don't see him very often. Yeah, okay. we we do different things. And it's such a massive installation, you know, I mean, sure, sure. We just happened to see each other in passing a few times, but, but yeah, he works there. We, we actually came in the same day, which was kind of funny because we got hired uh, months apart and it just so happened that uh, the day they brought us in was the same day. So we, uh, they call it in docking when you go in and you start getting browbeaten with all this new Navy acronyms and sure how they do things there so yeah it's it, it's it's been a great job though you know it, it's kind of like bremerton's coal mine i guess you know it's the place okay. where everybody works it's it's where your dad worked and he'd come home you know at the end of the day all grumpy you know it's that kind of thing <laughs> <Sure>. um <laughs> uh but actually you know i so a little bit of backstory of why i'm even there okay yeah 2008 the band was kind of going through a hard time financially and and so we you know kind of had to you know p- do something else to to sure. to, to sure. you know pay the bills so Tom and I had each in our own without talking about it <laughs> decided that that would be the place to work so I I was doing like a little side project just like a little recording project with some some guys okay. and one of the, one of the guys worked there and I was just talking to him about it, and he's like, "Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a good place. It's one of those places where you know what you put into it is what you get out of it." And sure, I I've had a great experience there. So I, you know, I I uh, applied, and and after like a year, uh, got in and all that. And so it, it's it's been a good experience. It really has. I mean, I think I asked Tom this, but it's is it similar kind of to like the longshoreman thing? I mean, are you guys in the union and all that kind of stuff? I'm guessing it's different. It's different than that. So we were federal employees. Um, there, there is a union present, but it's it's voluntary. You don't have to be a part of the union. You know, gotcha. they don't really have the type of power that like when you think of a union, they don't have that type of power. Sure. You know. Uh, they just make sure, you know, that everything is kosher. And if people have issues, they help them with those. But, uh, you know, I, I'm an electrician. So, you know, I do electrical work on the Navy vessels. Yeah. So it's like maintenance, basically maintenance and upkeep and upgrades and that kind of thing. So we're not like sure. building ships from scratch. We're just, you know, when they, they're slowly, you know, these things last for, 40, 50 years. So yeah, over wild. time, yeah, it's crazy. And so over time, they they need 
fixed and maintained. And so that's what, that's what we do. Okay. So as an electrician on, I mean, are you going on the ship and just working as if an electrician would work on a house or are we talking on a much larger scale? Uh, it's ba- I mean, it's basically the same type of deal. It, it's obviously a highly, highly controlled, um, these are nuclear ships. So we've got <laughs> oh like, my <laughs> <laughs> we've got, we've got that aspect of things to deal with. So there's, you know, controls up the wazoo and sure. it's much more what I would think that I've been, I never did like residential or commercial electrical, but I work with a lot of guys that have, and okay. it's just, it's, there's a lot more control. So it's, it's a sl- much slower process, but when you get down to it, yeah, I'm an electrician. I just happen, I do electrical systems on boats. That's you know? wild, man. Yeah. Do you get to go on the boats uh, frequently? I mean, I, I, yeah. I say get to, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Probably- no, I mean, it's, I haven't in the last year very much just because of where they put me because you get moved around and, sure. and stuff. But I've, I spent, yeah, I spent a good six and a half years crawling around aircraft carriers and submarines <laughs> and stuff. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did that for, yeah, a while, and I'm sure I'll do it again. It's just this sure. last year I've been in, like, a training position, so I've been, like, in a building and stuff, but okay. which is fine, which is fine, you know, because crawling around on boats, you get hurt and, you know, sure. huh. make you, makes you feel old <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but, so thankfully, yeah, so it's pretty chill, but, uh, but I enjoy it. It's a really, really interesting job, and... It's it's a nice place to work. Like uh, some days, going to work is the most relaxing part of my day. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, Tom. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm great, dude. How are you doing? I'm wonderful. A lot better now. Now that you're talking to me. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's see. So you just got home. Uh, were you out spending your millions and millions of dollars or were you working? What are you doing? doing? Uh, unfortunately I was at work, bud. Yeah. Millions of dollars. I don't have. No, I was, I was at work. That's okay. We'll keep that secret between the two of us, (laughs) millions of dollars. So what do you do now? What what do you do when you're not on the road? Uh, I work at a Navy shipyard here in Bremerton. So, uh, just a boat mechanic. I feel like maybe we discussed that at least. Is it like, are you part of the longshoreman thing or is it something different? It's, it's sort of like that, but a uh, civilian working for the Navy, uh, fixing aircraft carriers. Did you go to school for that or something? Uh, there's an apprenticeship, but I mean, honestly, I just, it's all on the job learning. You just, you know, go down and work with someone that knows what they're doing. You learn how to do it. I think that's great. That's how I learned to do what I'm doing. And I, I mean, how else is there? At least you didn't have to pay right, for exactly. School. Best way. It's the best way. So, uh, describe for me what a day at this uh, working on boats is like. Well, I'm a supervisor now, so I got about a dozen people that work for me. So, I go in. We have a morning. Yeah, we got a morning meeting where I talk to all my bosses and find out what the priorities for the day are, and uh, just chat, work to people, make sure they're ready to go, make sure they're doing the job right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh. A lot of oversight, basically, of like people doing the, what I used to do as a mechanic and making sure they're doing it right. Kind of, I've been there for like seven years. All right. Yeah. So uh, I'm guessing, I mean, uh, the, there's got to be a tour in the works. I think I saw dates and stuff like that. What's, uh, 
what's on the horizon for MXPX and 25-year anniversary time and all that? So no real tours anymore. Like we don't we don't tour like we used to. We jump in the van and go for months on end and you know get in planes and go overseas. It's more like a it's a hobby rocking kind of thing now. We do weekends. All right, all right. So it's all it's all weekends here and there and uh yeah, just making something happen and going out and then coming back to uh reality, I guess. Exactly. Are are you still up in Bremerton and everything still in the same yep. kind of basic area? Yep, still still in the same town. I feel like we I mean, we've caught up very very scattered over the years and then of course we talked on the show um back in happier Seattle, Seattle Seahawks times. Uh, what are you talking about? We got great times right now. <laughs> we'll discuss that in a moment. Uh, All right, very good, very good. The uh, I don't think we really got to, to figure out what's going. I mean, are you married? You got kids? What I mean, what kind of what's your family life like now? Yeah, married now. Uh, be fifteen years. Uh, like God, in like a week. <laughs> That'd be fifteen years for us. I think I've met her, right? Maybe it's yeah. It's been it's been a while since you've been staying at my house or something. Oh no, you stayed you stayed here at my house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys stayed here on a tour way back. So fifteen years ish. Yeah. No kids. Uh, no babies. Yeah. No. Nope. Yeah. Same. Same. It's nice to have free time, huh? <laughs> hey man, you know you you uh, make the best of it. So yeah, it is yeah. nice to have free time. Uh, I feel like I'm. It's extending my uh, my adolescence, though. I mean, I like the most immature, middle aged man in the world. As a result of it, nothing wrong with that. It's awesome. <laughs> it is kind of awesome. And I also, I feel like I, you know, I mean, look, man, you get a little older. Maybe you don't look quite as like I used to. You know, <laughs> I'm not saying I was ever any kind of supermodel, but you know. Certain things happen as you get older that you just nobody told you about, you know, like my face, I feel like doesn't look like my face anymore. Oh, man. <laughs> my, you know, it's very weird. I don't know. It's strange. I look at old people like, who's mirror, that kid? You look in the mirror and you're face, like, who is that dude? Seriously, you know, hold up an old uh, passport or something in the mirror. It's kind of a bummer. It's not, not recommended. <laughs> yeah, I, I got uh, I got the uh, the hair kind of quitting on me out back. It sucks. Oh yeah, I feel really yeah. bad for you. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's been rough. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, man? Dude, I'm just hanging out in Bremerton. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, I'm hanging out in Lakeland, Florida. You know. Florida. Almost. Yeah. Man. That's not a bad, yeah. not a bad little neighborhood, Orlando area. Yeah. Orlampa. Orlampa. Uh, it's like we're, we're right between Orlando and Tampa. Okay. You know? uh, I don't know if you remember the band Dennis and Mars from way back in the day. They, they played a few shows around and we did a bunch of stuff with them. Uh, the singer of that band, Eric, introduced Stephanie and I. And uh, his wife is Stephanie's best friend of like forever. So we've, we've she's from here we came here six years ago i think and there you have it now there you go you're so excited about it you had to leave california (laughs) (laughs) not nah Uh, actually tomorrow i'm going home Uh, i'm gonna 
be in California for like five days. Stavesaker, like literally done. Stavesaker records then, done. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I'm going to I'm gonna go up to Fresno and see my family and go check out some property at uh, Shaver Lake uh, with an eye on returning to the Golden State. Nice. Which I want. That's what's, what I want to do. What's crazy about Florida? I mean, aside from the crocodiles. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. Living in Florida and working for NASCAR. I mean, dude, I'm one step away from, from uh, I don't know, knocking out a couple chicklets and driving around in a big truck. I mean, I don't know. I'm, it's pretty Florida, <laughs> man. Dude. You got the, you got the, uh, handlebar mustache. You're, you're kind of, you're fitting in pretty well there. Sleeveless shirt. <laughs> that was unplanned. That's for sure. I still wear the, my Dickies armor every single day, man. Every day. Nice. Nice. Well, dude, that's, that's a pretty interesting, interesting career path from, Sweet. I mean, yeah, it's super- punk, punker metal lead front. Even hip hop lead performance type guy to, you know, you toured for years and years. You worked coffee shops and bars and restaurants and you met, you worked your way up managing mm-hmm. and here you are, Lakeland, Florida, NASCAR, <laughs> working for the camera crew. That's actually really cool. I, I, I think I don't that's know how it happened. That's a really cool job. I would I would love to to get into the world of NASCAR. I mean, it's oh, huge. Dude, it's actually it is. It's definitely uh it's in dire need of a star, you know? They mm-hmm. don't they I mean what happened to Tom Cruise? Shoot. <laughs> they could they need somebody with they need a Tiger Woods or a um a uh Michael Jordan. They need I mean, they've got Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson is one step away from if he wins another title, he will have eight t- titles in his career. That's more than anyone ever. But everybody in the NASCAR world hates him. So, like all the fans, they all hate him. <laughs> Why? He's a, he's a California, you know, West Coast guy. He's like a poser. You know? Yeah, but he's, he's so not legit. Good. He's so good though. He ain't legit. He ain't legit NASCAR man. You know, we want Junior. Junior's never won a title, but he's the son of Dale Earnhardt. So. You know, they need somebody with some personality though, man. Like all the drivers, if you could imagine the most boring person uh, that you've met in entertainment, just duplicate that guy over and over again. And that's all the drivers, all of them. I mean, yeah. So what was, their attempts, oh, so the Will Ferrell attempts mo- at bad boy. Yeah. Oh, the, what's that? So uh, the Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. Uh, what's that they called? They sent that movie. And Talladega Nights. Ta- Talladega Nights. So maybe that movie actually kind of ruined n- modern NASCAR a little bit because people yeah. expect it oh, to dude. be super exciting. And it, it, dude, it is exciting. It's there's, there's, I mean, even I, I freaking do not care about racing. Okay. And I'm sitting there during the races, like, dude, that guy is so good. Like Kyle Busch. I don't know if you know who he is. Number 18, he drives an Eminem car. He's a total knob. I mean, dude, just <laughs> it, it's it's embarrassing his demeanor, you know. The thing is, is that 
away from the track and stuff, him and his old lady, his Samantha, everyone loves her. Okay. If she was more on camera, she would be a bigger star than any of the drivers. She's got a great personality. She is like so much uh, philanthropic work and, you know, charity work, all this stuff. She's awesome. And away from NASCAR, he's apparently great. But man, when he gets out there, he's just like, every one of these dudes has hips that are about six inches apart. (laughs) They got the most narrow asses you ever seen of human beings, you know? And it's all consistently the same thing. Each one of them is shaped like the letter V. And that is not an, and I don't mean that in like a, a, a large wingspan muscular thing. I mean like this tiny little wishbone pulled out of a turkey neck. They're all skinny, scrawny little dudes. And then trying to be tough guys is embarrassing. And, you know, he got into a scrap earlier this year and I watched the fight and it was one of the saddest, <laughs> one of the saddest fights I've ever seen, dude. I mean, <laughs> The guy he's battling with, Joey Logano, is somehow even less intimidating than Kyle Busch. After Joey Logano's gigantic crew takes Kyle Busch to the ground, Logano comes in late and tries to throw a punch just to kind of redeem himself. And I swear to you, Mike, take your hand and point your the top of your wrist forward and try and throw a punch like that. <laughs> That's what it looked like. I don't get it. Whatever. Oh my God. We need a guy. They need a guy that everybody loves and that people want to, want to, you know, want to root for. It's just like, who do you root for in this sport, man? Yeah. We're all making a million bucks a year, so they don't care. 50 million. Anyway, that's their average. 15, 15. Yeah. Like the the big, well, that's just the, I'd say that's probably the, the median of the big name guys, you know, and, and like Danica Patrick, probably makes closer to 20 who maybe more. I have no idea. It's, you know, all I know is this, the fans show up with their houses stuffed into an RV. They camp for four days. They drink bush light. Like you have never seen. And the, the drivers arrive the day they start driving on their private jets. They are escorted to their cars. They drive and then they're whisked away into the night. And it's just like, Dude, you're gonna, you're missing something here. There's definitely something missing. And, and there goes my soliloquy of NASCAR. What are you doing, man? What's going on Dude, with you? NASCAR. I, I wish I was doing NASCAR right now. I mean, it, it sounds out. like, uh, sounds like there's some chink in the armor. I can get in on it. Yeah, you could probably <laughs> could. You would immediately, you know what they need, man? Imagine if, uh, imagine if Mike Ness was driving a car, right? Yeah. yeah. You know, legit wrencher like a legit grease monkey from one of the garages of Long Beach. People would love that guy, you know? And that's what the, the crews are. I've been trying to talk them into doing a reality TV show of, of all their their pit crews, but nobody listens to me because I'm, you know, I'm a, a TV utility. I'm a camera utility. <laughs> <laughs> I got a great idea, you know guys. I mean? <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys, I, I got an idea. Uh your idea needs to be to go unload all those cases and, not- <laughs> and please don't touch any of the regulars. Okay. We don't need you touching any of the citizens. Oh my God. It's filthy work, man. It's filthy work. When I meet a special girl, 
Yeah, so, yeah, I've been doing the band for the last couple years. Um, I know that sounds funny, because, <laughs> but I, I did I did have a little hiatus a couple years okay. ago. I, I came back to the, as full-time as I am now, which isn't, isn't you know, part-time, sure. very part-time. But uh, I do everything that we do, so it feels like full-time. Um, okay. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we do we we keep it to a weekend a month. That's what I can do. I can do a weekend a month because of uh, you know I have my kids uh, three weekends a month, so okay, I have a little you. bit of flexibility there and uh, am able to do it. But um, so 2015 was the first year that I've been back. Okay. Uh, you know, been back doing it. So I took I think about three years where I I, I didn't I didn't ever think I was gonna play music again. Actually. I I had made the I from 2010 I guess uh, to about 2012 I think I quit the band like three times, <laughs> <laughs> and it, okay. it was nothing nothing against the guys at all you know I mean they it, it was uh, just my life situation at the time it was okay. uh, didn't have didn't leave room for the band so I, I made the difficult sure. decision to to not do that and then. Uh, couple years later some some uh, a time opened back up and uh i you know it's funny because mike mike said hey you know would you mind playing a show in 2015 and i was like yeah sure i could do that and then it's just <laughs> the ball just kept rolling you know and yeah. it, actually, it actually has been fantastic um you know i mean i love mike and tom dearly but being an mxpx is not always the most you know, it wasn't all rainbows and roses or whatever, you know, all the time. As, as I mean, you you know that. I mean, anyone that's been in a band knows that, that it's not always fun and everyone, you know, the situation's not always fantastic. But um, the last few years, it's been great. I mean, I, great. I, and I think, yeah, I think the shows have been fantastic. Uh, the, the, you know, that we, that we still have fans that, that are as excited about us still as they were you know, when we were going at it full yeah. time is great. Yeah. Um, but also I think all of us have grown up and, and we all have experienced life to such a degree that we have more perspective uh, about, sure. you know, things. And I, it's just more fun. Yeah. It's just, sure, it's, it's kind of the, yeah, it's the, the best of both worlds for me to have regular job and, you know, to be there for my kids um, most of the time. And yeah. then, how uh, many kids are we talking about here? So I have three. I have three kids. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know we went for it. Good we went for you, it, man. and then we got divorced, which is cool. <laughs> 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 it's like, I, I, I got an idea. Uh, let's have three kids, and then let's get divorced. Okay, it's cool. Uh, yeah, I'll sign up for that. <laughs> oh, what a bummer, obviously, man. obviously, I'm kidding. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. no. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, you know, whatever. It is what it is. We we've been divorced for over three years so yeah you know. things things all right there currently i mean you know generally yeah generally speaking uh my my ex-wife and i get along pretty well i mean you know i mean we got divorced right so we're not like sure. best buds or anything but right, right. but we you know we're raising our kids together and and trying our best there so i i sure. think I, I i have a good situation you know i i know a lot of guys that are divorced with kids and it, it, it's it's just so sad. Um, sure, I, I wouldn't 
put myself in that category. That's for sure. That's good. Bumps in the bumps in the road here and there, but really overall, really good. Okay, so we got what do you got here? Boys, girls, mixed of multiple children's. Yeah. What do you got? So I have a, a ten year old. Oh, she just should be ten soon. Uh, okay. Yeah, ten year old girl named Aislinn, a seven year old son named Kai, and then a. Six-year-old daughter named Elodie. So awesome, man! Yeah, it's yeah, dude. yeah. It's great. I mean, it's it, it's tough for sure. I mean, they're they're demanding, and they you know they're demanding of your attention. They're all vying for your attention, and you know, so they're they fight quite a bit. And uh, yeah, it's just sibling stuff, sure, really. Sure. I mean, my, I remember my sister and I growing up, I and mean, we were at at each other's throat all the time. So, it's, any musicians in the bunch? You know. My youngest daughter has the most sort of natural musical ability, I guess, or, or just sort of it comes the most naturally to her. So when she's by herself playing, she's singing and dancing and up on a stage and, and she can actually sing in key pretty well. You know, like if it like nice. there's been a few times where I've just been like playing my guitar in my room or whatever, just go strumming through some chords and she'll pop in and start instantly just start free forming, you know, just kind of mumbling melodies over the top of it, you know, and just that, just to have that instinct, whether it's any good or not. I mean, is that was like, wow, I'm impressed, (laughs) you know? And so (laughs) I, yeah, we'll see what happens with that. You know, she seems to be the most interested in it. Um, The other two, not really. You know, I mean, I, I have a drum set down in the basement, and uh, I play that, and they're just sort of like, uh, you know, I mean, they've seen me play here and there, and okay. and they're just, it's just sort of like, they don't even care, you know, and I've heard I've heard that from, you know, Bono of U2, and, you know, right. it's like, your, your kids just don't, it's just not... <laughs> They're not impressed by it, right. you know. <laughs> right. But but we'll see. You know, I, I I'd be interested to see if one of them does sort of follow that passion of music. Sure. You yeah. know, I I'm looking forward to supporting them any way I can. So, and, well, no matter what they do, but you know. As I mentioned, I talked to Tom and Yuri, and they're both doing. I mean, dude, they're like. Yuri's a uh, an electrician crawling through boats and stuff like that. I think that's crazy. That's amazing. I had no idea that those guys were shipyard guys. Yeah, I had no idea those guys could actually work. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> and they are. They're they're legit working. Yeah, and and I'm doing everything I possibly can not to have a nine to five job. Like that's my work. Is like I would rather have less. I'd rather worry i would rather be stressed but i i just i think it would kill me it would kill me i mean it's different for everybody because you know we all do what we gotta do um but for me i've been lucky enough and just just been able to like hustle hustle this there and that there and i mean it's probably very similar to what a lot of younger people do these days um rather than working you know one job their whole lives it's a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but I think I do have the career thing going with MXPX. I mean, even though I, yeah. my day to day is kind of weird and, and strangely <laughs> flowy, but, uh, you know, I can just fluid. It's fluid. Yeah. It's cool because if I, unless I have something I have to get done or, you know, there's a show to do, 
Um, mm-hmm. I can kind of be like, oh, well, I can just do this thing I was doing tomorrow. So I'll record this tomorrow and then I'll do this podcast today and whatever, you know? So that part of my life is exactly why I do this is because I, I like that vibe. I like to be able to just pick and choose and all right, sure. Let's go. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. I saw 200 episodes, Mike. Yeah. 200 episodes, man. That's legit. That's yeah. legit. Dude. You should be very proud of that. That's, I know how much work goes into this stuff, dude. It's not like you just blow it out and it's over for, at least for me. I mean, I sweat over every word, you know, I want to make sure it sounds right. I want to make sure that the production's there. I, I try to allow my guests to talk, you know what I mean? Like I want it to be interesting for the listener. It takes time and you have to pay attention to do it 200 times. How long have you been doing the show? Well, I think it's been a couple of years. It's been a couple of years and I started in February, I think 2000. If I'm guessing right, 2014, maybe, but it could be, still, could be 2015. Dude, I started two years ago. I have, this will be my 40th episode. Okay. Well, I do one <laughs> a week. I do about one a week. And so you do the math I could there. Not do that. But, I, and that's the thing is like, if I didn't have the one a week thing, I feel like I would just let it go, you know, and I've let other things go. I do, I do like a YouTube show that's, kind of just like a basically it's like a vlog kind of a day in the life kind of thing best life but that doesn't have a schedule so i hardly ever put it put those out you know and it's just like people expect they expect results right away and and i do that too you know i have that mindset where like okay i put out a video on youtube and it's only got five likes i'm like what's going on like or 200 (laughs) or 200 likes or whatever it is right and and it's like, oh yeah, these things take time, you know, keep putting out more and more videos and people actually start watching them. That's the thing is like with the podcast, I, I knew I needed some sort of schedule. So I'm on Adobe radio yeah. every Friday. And, and then of course it comes out as a podcast, but I have to have that, that routine. I was definitely more productive when we were getting them out once a week, you know, there was mm-hmm. a solid stretch of about six months, but then dude, I got this, I got this NBC package that changed everything. And then, I mean, it was, oh, dude, trying to do one of these shows every week while I'm working 15 hour days, forget it. You know, I, I, I know nothing left. And you get back to every new hotel room has a new weird noise in the background or whatever, trying to make it all consistent, you know? Yeah. But more than anything, you know, right in the middle of all that stuff, Life continues on, of course. And then Stavesacre did a new record. And I just don't, I don't have the capacity to, to, to commit fully to something artistic more than one at a time. It's, it's hard. You spread yourself in. Yeah. I can't do a record, a poster, and a podcast with the same amount of passion in all at the same time. No way. It's, it's like sad. But, <laughs> I, uh, I think it's, you know, it's, I think it's awesome, dude. 200 episodes. I still think that is extremely uh, something to be very proud of. You know, the original reason why I started talking to, to the guys was the 25 years, man. I mean, I saw the beer, you know, which yeah. there are multiple, multiple layers of irony that are happening here. <laughs> First of all, I mean, the band has been together for 25 years. You know, Yuri and, and Tom and I talked about it briefly. The band has now been together for longer than you guys had been alive when we met you. That yes. kind of bums me out. Uh, it's weird. 
Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, long. You know, I've I've done the band longer than I've done anything, including being married, including school, including. I mean, of course, being alive, I've been lo- done that longer. But yeah, trip out. You know, I, I didn't poop my pants as long. Luckily, um, <laughs> didn't take too long to figure out that. But it's a trip. You know, hanging out with these guys last weekend, we did this beer release for Secret Weapon Beer, and I don't know. It's it's another just another like event that makes you feel good because everybody's like here's to you cheers to you guys you know and congratulations 25 years but uh it really takes a lot of focus i guess you know long-term focus either that or we just got really lucky one of the two but having the resurgence coming back doing these shows shows have been really great and the thing is is like we've gone so diy like we really have our hands in just about every aspect of that we can of the shows the one thing that's really hard is the ticketing. We did some shows uh, a couple years ago. Now, now by now, it seems like a couple years ago. Um, it was three nights in Hollywood. I think it was just last year, to be honest. Last summer, three nights in Hollywood. It sold out the very same day, three nights. And we're like, how the awesome. heck did this happen? And which was awesome. But the thing is, is about a hundred of those tickets uh, out of maybe, I think probably... 1,500 or 2,000 tickets or something. Mm-hmm. About 100 of those tickets were bought by robots, you know, those right. reselling sites and stuff, and they were reposting them. So we actually did all this groundwork to get those tickets back. So now our, now our show nice. is no longer sold <laughs> out, no nice. longer sold out, but we, we got um, actual fans to email us if they wanted tickets. And so we kind of had like a list going of people that actually wanted tickets, and we got those to those people. And that's, that's cool. the thing is like, it's, it's a lot of work if you pay attention to all those details, but yeah, I think in the end, your fans really, they, they respect you a lot more. They notice and not every single person's going to notice, not every single fan. Some people will just take what they get and that's fine. But the ones that do, you know, that stick around, you know, that's, that's why we're here 25 years later is, is yep. because of people like that. <laughs> Twenty-five years for the band. I saw you guys have a beer. Uh, oh yeah, it's very yeah. I yeah, don't know so if you knew uh, that. did you not know? I, that? I do know that. Yeah, uh, our friends with uh, Silver City here in Bremerton, really good brewery. They've been uh, like a brewery restaurant for twenty years now. So before the okay. craze was really really kicking in, they uh, they were on top of it early, and uh, they're just they're like an institution around here. I mean, I go to the restaurant all the time, drink their beer often. So they actually approached us to do a uh, 25th anniversary beer for the uh, for the band, and we we're like, "Yeah, no problem." So we met up with them like last December, I think it was, and uh, we sat and we talked to them about what kind of beers we liked and what time of year the beer was going to come out and what kind of style it should be for that. And we had different options, and basically we came up with something that you could drink like a bunch of at the lake, you know, just a bunch of you at, like out on the boat or like that, having a bunch of beers. So we went back a couple months later and they had brewed up some samples and we picked one that we liked and it's a, uh, it's a California common. We're calling it like a left coast common, but it's uh, that's the style. It's good. It's, it's, it's between like a, like an amber and a light beer, like a yellow beer. It's kind of somewhere in the middle there. And it's, it's delicious stuff and I can't wait for it to get out and have people try it. I was working at a, uh, at a craft beer bar in like downtown Tampa and, um, uh, when I first started, like I, I coming from California, I had no 
I had no respect for beer. You know what I mean? Like, especially coming up in the bars that I was working at nightclubs and stuff like that. Nobody drank beer really, unless it was Bud Light. And so, you know, started learning the beers, kind of getting, uh, my education, studying all the different brew styles and all that. You know, I, I tried to, (laughs) I tried, man. I really tried. Uh, just didn't take, I got kind of a, a taste for a few of them. Dude, now if I drink beer, I mean, I, I really got into the IPAs, like the sharper and the more right. bitter, the better for me. You know, uh, I was had no interest in like all the all the uh, Belgian beers and, and that whole yeasty kind of, I just felt like a lot of those things tasted the way Subway sandwiches smells and I wasn't <laughs> having that. But, awesome. you know, I started really, really digging the, um, the, the really just, gnarly bitter ipas and then i don't know man i don't know what happened but i just sort of developed an intolerance for them like if i drink i'll i'll, I'll still enjoy one or two occasionally especially like ballast point sculpin is my one of my favorite beers in the world yeah ballast point's good and i'll have two of those and i'll enjoy them i'll enjoy it but uh the next day man oh uh. it's i think it's uh Related to how my face looks different. <laughs> I'm just old, man. My body doesn't really... I have to listen to it. It used to be. You could have whatever you wanted every night. You wake up just fine, but now it changes. You know, I think it's funny that we're talking about... We're talking about the effects of drinking beer and just pass by the fact that MXPX has its own beer made by a local brewery. That's kind of bizarre. It's awesome. <laughs> I think about it 25 years ago. I don't think that that was really... It's not surprising, you know? I, mean, I think everybody kind of knew that band was going somewhere, you know? Oh, I don't know. But it's still I'm, kind of amazing. I didn't. I still, uh, uh, I thought after our first tour, like, we went down, we played with you guys down in California, then us and Blenderhead had it off across the country, and I thought for sure I'd, like, do that, come home, get a real job, just kind of do life, but... Uh, really? It just, it just kept going. Dude, most of us thought very much the opposite. <laughs> really? Wow. It seemed obvious, you know, especially, yeah, while, while everybody's trying to, like, make something happen, you know, at most of the time it was measured by, you know, do you think uh, we could get even anywhere near that kind of uh, universal appeal? I mean, dude, it, you know. It couldn't have hmm. taken you too long to see things were going to kind of in a cool direction. Though. Well, it, I mean, definitely the, the tour was good. I mean, we've got t-shirts and all that. We're like, well, we got this little guy on the shirts and it's, it makes sense that people might think that was a cool shirt or whatever, you know? You know, just keep it in mind. We'll, we'll need to keep this emblem around because uh, in two and a half decades, it's going to go on a beer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think. Yeah. No, definitely wasn't thinking of that. <laughs> It was like a show in like LA or like Orange County somewhere. And then. Yeah, we played. What the heck was that called? I don't. It, I honestly, I don't remember the name of the club. I feel like it was two nights. That was, it was when it was the, it was the time when I realized that the crucified was done. <laughs> oh, that was, that was when that became very clear. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told. I had to have told you that. No, I don't think so. No, I don't. I don't think you ever said like, "Yeah, I thought it was over." All right, so uh, crucified plays with you guys. 
And um, it was some weird, like, it, it wasn't a real club. It was like a storage unit that they turned into a club in Orange County. And, and I remember walking out to my car to grab something before the Crucified played because this was one of the, the weird moments when you guys o- actually opened up for us. This was a headlining show for us. So I walked right. into my car and I come back and there's all these punk rockers walking to their cars. And I go, where are you going? The show's not over. And this kid looks at me and he goes, we only listen to punk. <laughs> and he walked past uh. freaking split. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Yeah. You guys were pretty punk rock too, though. All things come to an end, man. You guys were pretty punk rock. I mean, I don't know what that kid thought. Yeah, but we had gone way in a different direction. Sure, but still. It was funny, man. I was like, oh, damn. That's rough. since I saw you, I still think of, you know, 
I'm sorry, but, you know, the young MXPX and hearing you talk yeah. about kids and the fact that I don't have children makes yeah. it that much more bizarre to me. That, right. You know. Yeah, I mean, it, it is crazy. I mean, I, I remember, so I got married when I was 25. Okay. I think I was, I was almost 31 when we had our first one. Wow. So, wow. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I... It is kind of funny yet, yeah, I think. I, I look at, I see pictures every now and then, you know, other bands that we've toured with will, or fans, you know, will post pictures from like, yeah, 96, 97, 98. <laughs> right. And it's like, whoa, crazy. Oh, man. I think what impresses me the most is just like how easy, really, my life was back then, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I know, I know. It seems so hard to me, but yeah, it's it's, so yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. At the time, of course, yeah, I didn't think that. I mean, if I could do it all again and just like not worry about it, things that whatever I was worrying about at the time, just say, this is not going to matter. This is not going to matter. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's always the challenge. (laughs) Dave Zicker has a new record coming out this year. And and, uh, one of the songs I, you know, I couldn't help but write it sort of with the perspective of looking back a lot, you know? Yeah. I didn't want to make it all about that, but there's a, one point where I, in one of the songs, I just talk about how the the words of other people used to seem so important, you know, mm. the opinions of other people or critical, what whatever, yeah, um, or 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 praise, you know, seems so huge, and yeah. now it's like I just I couldn't even remember the worst things or the best things said about me or the band back in the day like it just doesn't matter what i remember our yeah. experiences and and people <laughs> yeah totally totally yeah Get things all twisted around yeah so this is the first show that i remember was with mxpx and i know we played before this but the one i remember uh most vividly is playing at that church in Texas called God's Place International. Do you remember that at all? Oh, yeah, of course I do. It was, it was huge. There were so many kids there. And I walked through the door like, what? And sure enough, man, I mean, I, that was that ended up being a, a hugely imp- impactful show for me. But I still I still feel like uh, so much of what Stave Zaker did afterwards in Texas had to do with that one show, man. That was a big deal for me. Really? Us. Yeah, I actually saw the uh, the guy that ran that. I saw the guy that ran that. Uh, we played in Dallas maybe like a couple months ago. Oh, what was his name? He's a pastor. Rich, I think. Yes, yeah. that's right. Rich. He came out to the show and said hi, and we were like, oh, whoa. That's cool. Blast from the past. That's cool. He was always really nice to us. You know, speaking of, of remembering things, uh, I have to say this has just been... I t- I've told this story to so many people, Yuri. <laughs> okay. And, uh, especially because I'm on the road all the time, you know, with, with my work. So I have, to, I have to remind myself, dude, nobody cares. Shut up. Don't <laughs> talk about this. But, you know, it just comes out, you know. Yeah, so you yeah, get yeah. out there and you play pranks or whatever. And, and, totally. Um, so I remember this, this thing happening so vividly. And I, I have to know, I want you to remember this, Yuri, because it okay. was so yeah. important. So <laughs> it's like the first time we've toured with you, okay? Staves yeah. and MXPX. And for us, this it's it's kind of a new deal because, you know, 
yes, yeah, uh, the Crucified did some touring and, you know, Scattered Few or whatever. The different bands did some touring. Focus did some touring. But nothing yeah. like that, you know? I mean, dude, we just jumped in hmm. a van and we were with you guys for two months. It just... Right, you know, right. Yeah, yeah. We were headed to Denver. Um, mm. And it was like really, you know, it was really cold. Um, yes. And But we had gotten to know each other a little bit. And, you know, so, sort of the comfort level had... had relaxed a little bit and right. um, you know we used to follow each other all the time and i remember right. you guys had cb radios which we did not have on the first run okay um, yeah so there was you know this is of course predating cell phones and all that kind of jive and right it's mostly like drive next to each other and draw a sign so that the other band can see it kind of thing, you know yeah totally <laughs> anyway so yeah. Up comes the the red MXPX van, which always smelled like spice air freshener, <laughs> which I loved so much, dude. I still That's have a funny. fondness in my heart for those spice air fresheners. <laughs> um, anyway, so you guys pulled up next to us, and mm. and we thought you were trying to say something, um, <laughs> and the door slides open, and yeah. it's you, and you're just staring at us with this goofy grin on your face <laughs> and you just tossed a slice of bread with peanut butter all yeah, over it yeah, in I front of the this. band and it just wham hit the windshield and yeah and of course we didn't know like this is the first thing that that's never happened we had never done right. that with right. anyone <laughs> So it takes you a minute to sort of register what's just gone down. And of course, it, it lands, you know, peanut butter side down on the windshield. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, we didn't take it off. We just hmm. like left it there. That's funny. And by the time we got to Denver, dude, we took it off and the peanut butter had frozen on our windshield. Yes. And I kind of feel like we never got that off. I, you know, we might have much, much later. But I, I still will just, I will, anytime we're driving, you know, like I'm on the road and somebody pulls up next to us, invariably there's going to be a couple cars, like, hey, you know, pull over. I always think of you hanging out of that van, throwing that thing on our windshield. Yes. <laughs> yeah, know. those are, those are funny things. I mean, we, we did that with, uh. Gosh, the OC Supertones. We, I remember we 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 went out and without them knowing, bought a bunch of paintball guns, oh, and nice. then we're driving <laughs> in the we're driving to the next city and do the same thing. Open the sliding door on the highway, <laughs> and we just all of us just like pop 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 pop, and and uh, you know they didn't think that was funny at all. I feel they bombed like I so remember that. that. I feel like I remember yeah. they got really upset, which made it way funnier to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, oh. we had, uh, gosh, we did other tours happen to us. We did face to face. We did a tour with face to face. We were still in the van. They were in a bus, and their bus driver always made sloppy joes, or or, or had. That was kind of his specialty. He would always have this sloppy okay. joe mix. So ended tour. They took like a crockpot full of that sloppy joe stuff and just poured it. In the uh, intake vent at the base of the the front windshield, <laughs> and we then we spent the next two weeks on warp tour in a van. So, yeah, the van just smelled like rotting meat. Oh, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, so. that's not right. That is not right. I yeah. mean, we did the the you know we did sardines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I feel like the thought was there to do eggs, but then you just don't know if that's going to work out. Like, yeah, how do you know it's going to, you know, yeah. not just open up all over the van and bum everybody out? I don't know. Right. Oh. Yeah. Well, I remember one one uh, trick. Ninety pound wuss played on us. That they, they were. Uh, this is at that hotel in 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 what is it Macomb, I guess, yeah. Illinois. The, yeah. Mm-hmm. So the hotel. We were at the end of a tour. We were heading off to another tour, and they were going home. Well, they took, like, flour. I 100% remember this. Yeah, yeah. A whole van in flour. And it was mixed with the dew and became, like, like a... Paste. Like a cake. I mean, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) and so I had to drive. I drove to, like, one of those car wash places and with the pressure washer right on the windshield and it was just little tiny flecks were coming off it was uh, it was good but wow you know what a pain <laughs> i feel like it might have ruined your paint job but i yeah, as i, I remember so. the van yeah. sort of went from being red to sort of like a pinkish streaky <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, definitely man. definitely for sure uh those those were fun tours for me you know and that time was like you said it was so easy you know yes yeah now we we went to cornerstone many years later uh yeah it really was not the same mm. there was none of that kind of fun happening right it was all quiet and huh. really really awkward <laughs> we played it once or twice there in the later years too i mean it was yeah just a totally different vibe it wasn't like the of all the i mean i think i was i toured for 14 years straight wow dude and and when people ask me, oh, what about this? What about that? I, in, invariably, I always remember those first like two years of touring the most, and that mm-hmm. was a good chunk with you guys. Yeah, well, that was for great. sure. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, it was. You know, and we learned a lot from you guys. I mean, huh? You know, we we were older than you by a solid right. seven or eight years, but right. you know, we just, we learned a lot from you guys because we didn't know jack shit about touring. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah. could you imagine now, Yuri, could you imagine now <laughs> all the things that could be avoided, you know? Yeah. Ugh. Oh yeah. Those tours were gnarly too. I mean, with the way they were scheduled it was just like what you know i mean i remember i mean it took us years to finally get things dialed in you know i know to where it was like oh this makes sense to go from this city to that city and then that order and but yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) those days were a different ball of wax for sure but great i mean just fantastic
I still bump into to, to people from the old days who who are they recognize that name immediately. You know, if I, if the conversation ever gets started and somebody asks me, you know, when did the band start or anything like that, I in, invariably go back to the first tours with you guys and oh, MXPX, I, I, I know that band. You know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, I think it's still cool. You know, it's funny you said something. I don't know if you caught it. Uh, about a, a few minutes ago, uh, where you said that your life was fluid and that it was uh, maybe something like like a younger person would do. I mean, I still I can't help it, man. I'm sorry. You guys are still young to me. You're still. <laughs> I mean, it's just like, I'll never shake it. I can't. You know, it doesn't help that I'm incredibly old. So, but you know, so much has has. So much has changed in those times. I mean, from not just labels and management and all that stuff, but the industry itself. I mean, just like this thing you're talking about right now, the ability to to be able to do your own tickets back in the day would have been unheard of, you know, to be able, uh, the ability to have your hands on everything, be able to touch everything and be able to make sure that it was coming out the way you wanted it to. And I think it's kind of great that you are, orchestrating quite a lot of it yourself so you know kudos man that's Thanks, a pretty Mark. old guy thing to say. kudos i didn't even know yeah. That, that yeah that was that was that wasn't something i ever used to say but it was always a candy bar right <laughs> to me yeah. i'm like you just said candy bar <laughs> yeah dude yeah. But, uh, dude we it we means, are old now good though job. <laughs> i know i know thank good you good job man dude you guys i mean we had a, a lot of good, good mentors, you know, back on, out on the road, um, kind of older brother type characters like you guys, Dave Zager was definitely that for us. Um, we always felt safe. I, I never felt like I had to worry about anything because it was like, nobody, nobody really ever messed with us. And when they did, it's like, Hey Mark, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> you get, just grab Jeez. you guys, you know, Dirk. You know what's up. funny? I tried to convince Tom and Yuri of this. I don't think they were buying it. I mean, when we first went out with you guys, you were the ones showing us the ropes, dude. I mean, we had no idea how to sustain a tour longer than a few weeks. Up until that first MXPX tour, the longest I had ever been on the road was three weeks with the Crucified. And in that three weeks, we did nine shows. Okay. And wow. we thought that was amazing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, so to go out with you guys that first run, I think the first run was like a month, man. And and it, it, it was nonstop and it was hard work and, you know, it was awesome. And uh, we had a lot of amazing experiences, but on, on many levels, you guys were showing us quite a bit as well. I think it's pretty cool uh, to see the, where, I mean, everybody's still in the band. 
in both bands, really, with the exception of Jeremy, who we haven't seen in years. But, you know, MXPX is still tight and uh, Stavesnaker is still tight, despite all the weird wackiness over all of those days. Yeah. <laughs> Ah, yes. More MXPX to come, folks. As I stated, part two, just around the corner. Okay, today we heard Aces Up. That was the little short snippets uh, in between sections. And I give all apologies. A lot of the audio from uh, my conversation with Tom just did not line up at all. Sorry. I did my best. Uh, We got plenty more to come, though. Anyway, Aces Up is the bumper music between sections uh, that was uh, off of 2012's Plans Within Plans. We heard Move to Bremerton off of 1995's Life in General. Wrecking Hotel Rooms off of 2005's Panic. And finally, a favorite for years, I'm Okay, You're Okay from 1998's Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo. In addition... As usual, all other music was from my band White Lighter's debut self-titled album on Northern Records, White Lighter. Uh, before I forget, you beer fans and beer distributors, check out silvercity.beer backslash mxpx. Uh, show a little love. And uh, while you're at it, order some beer. Uh Let's see. This show was produced by Billy Power of Urban Achiever Studios. This episode and all other episodes of Never Was are available at iNeverWas.com or on iTunes. Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging around. We will see you next time for the dramatic, not really, uh, conclusion of MXPX. Until then, be good. Rainbow out. Rainbow out.